Okay, we are learning Daf Tes Zayin. We're starting right from the bottom of Tes Vav on the base, and we mentioned just really for one second that there's this thing that if a person uh, should spend money on on Yantif, who said that there's a security, it's guaranteed that whatever money we borrow to, uh, and we spend on Yantif is going to come back to us, will be repaid. So the Gemara elaborates here, talking about Abud. All of the money that a person is going to have over the year is set, it's established from Rosh Hashanah until Yom Kippur. It's an unbelievable thing, meaning it's not just, you know, Zardin and this and that, but it's also about money, every single thing. Rashi actually makes an interesting point. Rashi says a person should be careful not to make an expensive purchase during the Aserah Sumei Tshuva. Interesting. Ever heard of such halacha? Don't make a, a, a big purchase because whatever it is, you know, you're not, it's not going to be increased. It's not going to be more than what you have. Whatever you have is given to you. So during the time, whatever it's given to you, that's what you, be, you should be careful to have. Chutz, in other words, let's say, even during the year, it's not, I, I think I said it even wrong, it's not only during Atzeret Shemitruva. Since it's already established during Atzeret Shemitruva, you have to be careful before you spend the crazy thing that's not normal to what your life is. Why? Because maybe... It's not going to come back. You're not going to get more money later. It seems that you're, it's already de- predetermined what it is. The exception is what you spend for Shabbos and Yom Tov. What you spend for your Toshan Torah. Meaning, even if you spend seemingly beyond what Hashem has given you, it's not an issue. Those things, it's like there's an elasticity here. If you spend less, you get less. If you spend more, you get more. So a person could be the same amount that Hashem dictates. He said whatever amount of money was supposed to come. But however much he spends in the Shabbos, and 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 in teaching the kids Torah, that's not part of the chesed. So however much he chooses to spend, he spends. So you may as well choose to spend a lot. So my Where is the source? Where is the pasuk that we see this idea? And Rosh Hashanah is determined how much money a person makes. So some of the so some of the some of the Rishonim don't understand the Gemara. Well, 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 why shouldn't it be fixed on Rosh Hashanah? Everything else is determined on Rosh Hashanah. Why is the Gemara looking for a pasuk specifically that parnasa that a person's amount of money, what he's going to eat? Is determined on Rosh Hashanah, but that is what the Gemara is looking for. It says in the pasuk, "Blow the shofar, b'chodesh shofar." When the moon is renewed, right at the time of the yontif. So it says, "Bakesef." So what is bakesef? So it could also mean when it's covered, right? But what is the yontif when the moon is covered? What yontif is is this pasuk talking about? Do you blow the shofar when it's bakesef when the moon is covered? It's the only month. It's only a holiday that falls out in the beginning of the month when the moon is not visible. So, you should blow the shofar, take a the shofar, at which month? When the holiday is occurring at a time when the moon is covered. What does the Apostle go on to say? So, we know we're talking about Rosh Hashanah. It's chok. It's a chok for Kla Yisrael, a day of judgment. So, chok, means it's a decree. However, chok can also mean parnasa. So we're saying ki choku, that Rosh Hashanah is a day that's declared for parnasa. Where do we see that chok means parnasa? My mashma, the chok, listen to the Mazoni, where do I see chok means parnasa? This is, is um, when we're talking about the, the, the komen, right? The, the priests down in Mitzrayim. So it says that they ate the chok, which was given and prepared for them. So what does it mean there in that thing? There was like, there was rations of food. Everybody got a specific amount of food. So it's saying that they ate their chok. So you see this idea that chok means parnasa. The Mar brings another source where we see it. Feed me the bread of chuki. So we see that again, chok is associated with bread. All right. Zakti Gemara. 
We're like 10 lines down to Zion and Aleph. Tanya says in a bright Every single day, Shammai had a midah in the way that he conducted his life, that he was always thinking about Kavach Shabbos every day of the week. How? I mean, if, you, if it's Sunday, how can you be preparing for Shabbos? What's going on? So what in this following way, he found a nice animal. Omer Zula Shabbos, he would say, let me designate this animal for Shkita for Shabbos. He didn't actually shaft it, but he designated it. So he was thinking Kavach Shabbos already. What happened? Matzacher If later or during the week he came across a better animal, then he should leave. He should leave the second one for Shabbos, meaning Maniach designates it for Shabbos. Well, Chos Rishonah at that point eat the first one. So what comes out? It comes out that all the time during the week already he was being Machabi Shabbos because what happens? The weaker animal that ends up being eaten is being done so that the better animal can be, can be set away for Shabbos. So basically what he did, he had this upgrade, this interesting thing, all of his sudas had an aspect of Kavach Shabbos to it. When he ate dinner on a Monday night, there's a shame Kavach Shabbos. Why? Because he was cheshvining Shabbos and what he was eating now as opposed to saving later. What was the, the contrasting midah? different midah. What does that mean? He just did whatever he had that day. He ate. He didn't think about, oh, what's going to be for Shabbos? Everything was done with Hashem Shemaim. Meaning, well, it seems like there was like a deeper sense of emunah where he said, of course, I'm going to have an animal which is fit for Shabbos when the time comes to Shabbos for Shabbos. So meaning, Shammai is putting away on Sunday the animal to Shabbos for Friday, right? So Hills, Hills me does, no, if I, have, if I have on Sunday, I have on Sunday. This is what I have today. I have the Amuna that on Friday, when I, when, whenever animal that I will find, will be one that is befitting for Shabbos. He wasn't scared to make the Shechita. Shammai was putting away, designating for later, and then we found a better one. Then he goes back to the first one and eats it. Hill just, whatever comes his way, like that's what should be for today. And in that sense, kol of the shem shamayim is a hard phrase in the Gemara. What is it trying to express? But the Pashup Shad is, is that since it was kol of the shem shamayim, he had a deeper sense of emunah that, that he was always going to have his needs, um, his needs taken care of. Okay, and where do we get this idea from? Shanamar baruch Hashem yoyim yoyim. So what's Pashat yoyim yoyim? That's what it means. It means every day. It's fresh, right? Pasa goes on to say, Yamaslanu sarkenu vesrasenu, right? Rashi says. So like the idea is, whatever, whatever we need, is going to come fresh every day. So Shammai is all busy, cheshmining, which animal he's going to shecht. Hill is just living life in the moment. Very interesting dispute here. Okay. Maisa, the Shaila is, does that practically mean that a person isn't supposed to be preparing for Shabbos like ahead of like his immediate time? Right? That's what it sounds like in Hill. The first day of the week already is for Shabbos. And that's very cryptic in that bride. But that's, that's what's the meaning. Beisham is already cheshvining what he's going to eat for Shabbos already on Sunday, designating, putting away the animal. And Basil is just living day by day. All right, continues the Gemara. So we mentioned just how nice Shabbos is. Now we're, uh, we're off on a tangent right now. Somebody gives a gift to his friend, does not have to tell him. Meaning... You give a gift, right? You don't tell the person where it's from. The guy's going to be wondering who he got it from. Is there anything wrong with that? So the Gemara says, nothing wrong with that. Shanamar, what's the precedent? right? He has the shining face when he comes down from Marcini. And uh, Moshe was unaware. It says everybody was scared to approach him. Right? It happened on Yom Kippur, right? When he came down on Yom Kippur. So, but he, nobody wasn't aware. He wasn't, he wasn't aware about it. So we see that Hashem didn't tell him about the gift. Look at this price. So here the Pasuk is talking about, in the beginning of this Pasuk, it's about Shabbos. And it says that um, 
you should tell them about about Shabbos. Why? Ladas, so that the people, the recipients of the Matan of Shabbos, Klai so should be aware that as I Hashem on Makadashu. What does that mean? I have this wonderful gift. I have this Shabbos that's stored away in my treasure house for Shabbos. It's called Shabbos and Yvakshon Israel. I want to give it to Klai Israel. You got to make sure that they understand what Shabbos is about. They have to know the Pasuk is saying. They have to understand, internalize. Ladas, can you Hashem Makadashu? Somebody gives bread to a child. You see a hungry kid, you want to feed him. You can't do it without making sure the parents are aware. It's you have to inform the mother. In other words, there should be some way that the mother is aware. What's the pshat? Well, what's the Indian here? Like, what are we learning? If you're allowed to give someone a present without knowing where it came from, you're not allowed to. So Rashi is Masber, that what's the whole Indian of a matana? What's the whole point of a present? It's right? The whole point is that you want to increase friendship and love between different people. So it's very important that you don't squander the opportunity. Right? If you're giving a present, you should make the recipient, that's the right does to make the recipient aware so that you accomplish the point of a present. It's not just, you know, the anonymity to the sense that you gave. The point is also that the person understands that somebody else is liking them if they received a present from them. So therefore, if you have that opportunity and you're giving the, this, this gift to the kid, you should inform the mother of the child that the gift has been given. So this is what this idea, the same thing with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's not that Hashem is giving us the Shabbos time. Oh, now Klai Yisrael has Shabbos. They have the opportunity to have a good day. The point is, we should know that the Eibishtah gave us the Shabbos. In other words, we should understand how much of a direct gift it is from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So here, what do we see? Again, Rav Chama, we brought him a car from Moshe Rabbeinu. The Moshe didn't know that his face was shining. That well, you don't have to tell the recipient of the gift that he got the present. Here we see, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu had to make us aware. Moshe had to tell us everything that we got it from Hashem. So the more answer is low cash. When do we, if it's Matan, which is like Moshe Rabbeinu, everyone was going to, he eventually was going to realize that his face was shining, right? Like it was about to be Nigla. So therefore, it's not necessary to tell him. But by Shabbos, it's a gift that's not necessarily going to be revealed unless it is known. Therefore, it's proper to tell him. So the Gemara says, what does that mean? What does that answer saying? When Hashem gave us Shabbos, we wouldn't have known that we got Shabbos unless we were told about it. Shabbos, not me, Matan, if we did the right? Moshe was going to tell us that we got Shabbos. So why is it saying, we're back stuck? What is this point? We have a steer between Shabbos and Moshe Rabbeinu's face. We're trying to say the answer is it depends if you're going to find out about it or not. But, but that doesn't make sense because by Shabbos also, we were going to find out about the gift. So the Gemara explains, but Matan we were no, we're going to know that we get Shabbos. It's not about understanding that we have Shabbos. It's about understanding the greatness of the reward for Shabbos. That's what had to be told to us. And we wouldn't have understood how great Shabbos was. And it fits very well with Ladaski and Yashem Everyone understands, you know, we have the day of rest. But to know what's going on, what it means, what the schar is when we keep the Shabbos, that's something that if we, we wouldn't have been told, we wouldn't be aware of what kind of matana we got. And that's the whole mashal Hashem is saying, I have this matana, it's not, this can push it to mice over here that Hashem is giving us a gift of Shabbos. We should be aware of what it is that we're makudish through the Shabbos. That is sarach lahodiyah. Because that's an opportunity for us to get closer to HaKadosh Baruch for us to be aware of the opportunity of Shabbos. So kakar in our pan of Moshe, why did Hashem have to tell Moshe? Because that's just like a simple fact. His face is shining. It's very simple. He's going to find out his face is shining. So he, Hashem doesn't have to tell him, okay, Moshe, I just made your face shine. By shaking by Shabbos, where a person can have Shabbos, but he's not aware of what the greatness of the Matana, then in that case, it's important that the recipient becomes aware of it. 
Says the Gemara Mamar, Mikan Armar Shimon Gamliel. What was the what, what did we derive from this thing with the Shabbos? A practical point. I know it's in past Latino circle that if somebody gives the bread to the child, he should be informing the child's mother that he gave the gift. So the Gemara explains the Gemara explains how you do that. As you meet a random kid in the street, you don't necessarily know who the mother is, so on and so forth. So how do you make the mother aware? My Avidle says the Gemara, what does he do to the child to make sure the parents are aware that he got the gift? So he should rub oil on him and put some like um, like uh, um, some sort of paint around the kid's eyes. And this is a way of like a very interesting thing. It's very clear that the parents now know that uh, that he got the uh, he got the gift. By the way, you see here that the Indian of getting the gift doesn't mean that the person knows who the giver was. I was I was wondering about this a lot, right? If you get a random gift, so if you, Alright, let's ask any Hashem Mikadashem, right? So I don't know, I'm I'm confused. I'm talking not sure. I don't know. So I don't know, I'm getting a little I'm being honest, I'm I hear the Kasha. I'm getting confused in the following sense. Is the Indian that a person should be aware from this Gemara with the Tinoch, it sounds like awareness that the gift was given. So before I thought the Indian was more that the, there should be awareness of, 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 of what exactly the gift is about in the sense that there's a matan schara that was from Hashem, but maybe I'm wrong. It's not so much you know who it's from as much as you should be aware of what you got. Maybe that's the way of saying it. And yeah, it's not so important so much even that, 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 that we know it was the Akadosh Baruch as much as we understand the matan schara. And here you, the, per, the parent should be aware that the kid, the kid got the thing. And I guess even if we're not so aware of who the, who the giver was, but at least will be aware that the present was given. And even though Rashi explained that the whole point was to be marba the Reyes, I guess if you know, if you know the greatness of that, you don't know who gave it to you, but you know somebody gave you something big, so then that, that's marba the Reyes. It makes you feel more loved. We didn't know Hashem gave us the Shabbos thing. I don't know. Even if we knew it was special, but we didn't know it. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Struggling with it. Says the Gemara, Lamaisi, you're applying this oil and paint. Today, if your kid came home like that, right, you wouldn't be too happy. So, so it seems like witchcraft, right? So, my, so obviously we're not going to do that. So how do we inform the parents? You rub the kid with some of the food, meaning you make sure that it's something stuck on his face from the food that you're giving him. And that way, the parents will get it. All right. Says the Gemara, a little bit more about Shabbos. Most mitzvahs are public. There's a sense of privacy, of closeness in, in, in the way that it's kept secret between us and the Eibishosh. It's between me and Klai as well, so it's an eternal sign. So, um, the idea is that it's missing above. So, it's really La'alim, and the Marshal says very nice shot that it means it's hidden. But the simple shot in the Gemara is even without that, even without it's being hidden in the word La'alim. But the Pashup shot is that it's, it's, it's being in Bimnei it's a private sign. So what does it mean that it was more private? It was given privately versus given publicly. Well, what exactly is that point? So the Pashup shot is that the Goyim had no chance to learn about it. So that's why the Gemara says, Why would the Goyim be punished for not accepting the mitzvah of Shabbos? They were never aware of Shabbos. It was a secret. And Rashi says that we find in the Gemara in Zarah that the Goyim will be punished for rejecting the Torah. So the Gemara is saying they didn't know about Shabbos. So you want to punish them for other mitzvahs, fine. But why would you punish the Goyim for not accepting Shabbos? They never had the chance. It was always just this hidden mitzvah between us and Hashem. 
So the Gemara says, no, no, no. Shabbos or Dima, Dino, Akalish Baruch, who told them about Shabbos. They could be punished for not accepting Shabbos. Matan Scharlo Dino was the reward that they weren't aware of. Even the reward they were aware of, he was not aware, they weren't aware of the special capacity of the Nishama Yisair. A person gets a Nishama Yisair on Erev Shabbos, right as Shabbos starts. On Matzah Shabbos, they take it away. It says on the seventh day, Shabbos, he rested. means that he rested, but it also can mean. Once the day of Shabbos will be over, then it's sad for that he has lost the soul that he originally received. So is that, that we're sad that this idea that you're losing the soul at the end of the Shabbos. So even though the Pasuk is written Shabbos at the beginning of Shabbos, but we're saying homiletically, Shabbos, when Shabbos will be over, will be sad that the soul is lost. There's a super famous Rashi here. It's very, very famous Rashi. Rashi defines it in Yishama Yisei, if you take a look, that you can, you're open, Rashi says, open to more happiness and this and rest. You can eat and drink and your soul is not disgusted. So some people say it means literally you eat more, you have a greater appetite. And other people say what Rashi means is that normally the soul is disgusted by the food that we eat. It's not interested in food. And on Shabbos, it's interested in the food. Okay, says the Gemara, back to Erev Tavshilin here. What do we say? We said that a person prepares the cooked dish before Yantif. It doesn't need an is good to go. So the Gemara says, Amar You can only use a cooked dish. You're not allowed to use bread. Right? When you're someone here, it has to be something cooked. Why is bread? What's no good about bread? What's the difference? Maybe you say it is. You need something which accompanies bread. Remember, back in the day, they basically had two types of food. Bread and things that accompany bread. Right? Bread and lifton. They didn't have all the way, you know, we serve uh, steak and fries. Like, they didn't have it that way. It was bread, it was just a staple of the meal, and then things which, like dips and things that were eaten together with the bread. So maybe the idea is, it has to be a special Shabbos food. So it can't be the thing which is like the bread, the main staple of the meal. It should be something that's a lift on. It should be something that goes with the bread. So if that's the Shabbos, if you're going to tell me that you need a malafe, so pasla malafe, you know, this, it should be special for the Shabbos. Right? So if you're just going to have bread, it doesn't accompany the staple. It's the staple food of the meal. Let's think about daisa. Daisa is some sort of porridge, some sort of pounded grains over here that we, we actually referenced them a little bit a few days ago. If you can make them on Yontif. But anyways, if you've got a daisa, it's not malafes, right? You don't put the porridge in the bread. How do we know that? To Amr Abzera, Abzera said, Abzera was, was a native of Israel, but he came to Babel. He had this, he had this dual citizenship between Israel and Babel. So he used to observe what he thought was normal, what wasn't normal about the customs of the Babylonians. So he said, he saw the Babylonians doing, eating daisa with bread, and he said about them, these guys are the biggest fools of all time. It's like the guy makes a sandwich. Yeah, real Polish at Misa. He wants to eat a sandwich. He takes a bread, another piece of bread, and what does he put in the middle? Piece of bread. Hey, what a fool. That's not, that's not a sandwich, right? So he says, that's what the these Babylonians do. They, they put the daisa with the bread and they eat the daisa with the bread, a bunch of fools. What's his point? That a daisa is more of a staple type of food. That's not a lift on. That's what he said about them. So what do we see from Zaira's statement? That daisa is, 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 is a staple. Daisa is not a lift on. And yet, we know that the halacha is that you can make an Erev with the, the daisa. So what do we see? That the Erev doesn't have to be a dish that accompanies bread. So if we see that you can make an Erev with daisa, because the daisa is cooked, so it's not about whether it's an accompanying food with the bread or a staple of the food, a staple of the meal itself. It's not about lift on versus non-lift on. So then what's it about? 
basically, what now is that difference why you can't use bread? We know you could use daiso even though it's a staple of the meal, so why is bread singled out as no good? So the Gemara explains, Ella, the criteria is something else. We're looking for something that's uncommon. Bread is super common. Pounded grain is not common. So therefore, the point is you should have something that's like an anomaly, something a little different. Not just something you have every day of the week. So you're like, bread is, is something that's always you always have. It's no good for the Erev. Daiso would be good. Says the Gemara. You could other people have a different version. Only a cooked dish is good. You can't use bread. In this version, the Gemara says, my timer, what's off with bread? If you're going to tell me that you cannot use something that's all there all the time. on bread is there all the time. In this version, the Gemara says, Daisa is not shchiach. And yet, you cannot make an air with pounded grain. So in this version of the Gemara, the Gemara had a tradition, you can't use Daisa against the first version. The first version was saying, the second version was saying, so the Gemara is saying, even though Daisa is infrequent, you don't eat it every day, still, you can't use it for an Arab. So obviously, what do we see? It's not about common versus uncommon. So if Daisa is no good, even though it's uncommon, so what's Pshat? Why, 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 why are we saying that Daisa is no good? What's, what's the criteria? In the second version, the Mar says, the point is you need something that accompanies the bread. Possible bread doesn't accompany uh, the, the staples, right? It's a staple of the food. And now we understand. But Daisa is not a the dais also doesn't accompany bread. It is a staple itself. The foolish Babylonians eat bread with the bread. So basically, the way we understand the two Lashonos is, I'm going to make sense of this, there's a dispute between the two Lashonos if you can be Ma'arif Badais. So that's the, really the, the, at the core what they're, what they're arguing about. The first Lashon holds yes, the second Lashon holds no. Now everybody holds bread cannot be used. But the first Lashon holds that, that Daisa is good. The second Lashon holds price, that the Daisa is no good. So now, based upon that fact, we have a different understanding of what's the issue with the bread. According to the first Lashon, that Daisa is good. The issue with the bread is that it's common. And we allow for an Eilat Tavshil in anything which is uncommon. According to the second Lashon, that Daisa is no good, despite the fact that it's uncommon, then the criteria must be that we require something which is a malafes, which accompanies, which is not a staple of the meal, but something which accompanies the staple, and anything which is a staple itself, bread or Daisa, is no good. So at the end of the day, we have a machlokas if, in the nafkamina between the two Lashonas, if the criteria is, 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 is frequency, or whether it's malafes, the nafkamina is Daisa, and it ends in a dispute between two Lashonas. Yeah. Yeah. Prayer yeah. the point, the point is you want to use something that's either an anomaly, something special for Shabbos. That's the idea. Right? The idea is you have something set aside, oh, special for Shabbos. So it should be special. So what does it mean special for Shabbos? It's either something that you don't normally have or, or something that's not just staple of the meal. Says the Gemara Tani Adoshim, even lentils left at the bottom of the pot. In other words, it's left there. You don't, you don't even try to leave them there. Just after you empty the pot, there you didn't get everything out. So even something as small and insignificant as that, that lamaisa you could have das, you could designate as tavshil. Now the chiddush is we don't say you need a davar achasha. Lamaisa if it's a cooked food, it's a cooked food. So it's got to have at least the size of a kazayis. If there's fat that's left on the knife when you you know you in the butcher shop you scrape off the fat, you use it for a We mean kosher fat. Small fish that are salted. They're not going to be subject to the issue of bishul akum. What's the issue? Bishul akum does not apply to anything which can be eaten raw. Anything which can be eaten raw, there is no bishul akum. So this is a very gishmak and a prevalent point. Listen to this point. You have fish, yeah? So you have raw fish. So raw fish could be eaten raw. Nobody eats it raw. 
But, and I'm talking about the Gemara here, but if you salt it, they'll eat it. So you could eat it without cooking. How? With salting. And that's obviously not a problem with Bishalakim, it's not cooking. So now the Gemara is saying like this, Hayyais, it could be eaten with salting. So now if somebody guy takes that salted fish and now he cooks it, that's not Bishalakim. I, the etzim fish itself, is not Nechokai. You don't eat it raw. The teretz is, but in salted form it is. So if I have a piece of salted fish and the guy come down, comes and make a mice of bishul, he's not, it not, doesn't make it awesome. You should bishul akam. And you say it again is that the bishul didn't two wife so much. That's the svara. The bishul didn't accomplish so much. I could have eaten it. It's so salted. Mimela, there's no bishul akam. So the Gemara contrast, I'm degree eight here. though we just said that wasn't such a chash of a mice of bishul. It didn't make it bishul, bishul nachri, but you could still use it for erev tavshilin. Why? Because Lamaisa, it's kosher food. So even though the guy, the guy's cooking wasn't co- so insignificant or anything, you could have eaten it without it. But Lamaisa, it's a cooked item. And once it's a cooked item, you can use it for Erev Tavshilin. It's very interesting. It's like a double standard, but in a way that makes sense. The cooking is in Chashev to make it Bishal Nachri, because Lamaisa, you could eat it salted. But Lamaisa, it's cooked, so you could use it for Erev Tavshilin. But if the guy makes it into this this karsadarsana, which is like fried fish together with some flour, that's what he does, then it's usr. Then it is bishal nachri. Why? Because now it's not just a fish. It's a fish with the flour. And the ikr we're saying is the flour. And since the flour was cooked by the guy, then it's bishal nachri. So pshita, of course, you got the flour, right? Very nice, you got the fish. But if he, if he makes it with the batter or the flour, then of course it's bishal nachri. So you might have thought, harsana ikr, that the fat, the fish fat is the main ingredient. And since the fish fat is not bishal nachri because it could have been eaten raw with the salting, so the whole thing should be mutter. The flour is the ikr. And since the flour requires cooking, so the whole thing becomes awesome when the guy cooks it. Very important gemara in the laws of bishal nachri. If you have a taruvis, and one thing is substance bishal nachri, and one is not, the whole thing is where gold goes, what the ikr is. Zokti gemacha. That's why, you, just to bring out the point, if you don't mind, I mean, interesting Shiloh. That's why coffee doesn't have Bishon Nachri, right? You can get a coffee at Starbucks. What's Pshaw? Why is there no Bishon Nachri? Coffee is Oila Shochem Lachem, is not Nachal Chais. Why do you get a coffee at Starbucks? So Taisus Taino is that the reason beer doesn't have Bishon Nachri is because you see that the Iker is considered the liquid. What's the Raya? Because even though it's barley that goes in, but the Baruch is always Shehakel. So the Iker is the water. So the Iker is the water. And the water is Nachal Chai. May you have it. Ah, it's cold coffee. It's a completely different entity. But based upon what the Iker Tafel rules, and it seems we follow the criteria of Prochus, and that's why we tie there's no Bishon Nachri. The Gemara assumes in the next din, still thinking about it? Both. Coffee is what the Prechadash says based upon the Taishas that spoke about the beer. Now, it's possible that you can make one ear of tafshilin for the whole house. Everybody in your house can be semech on the ear. So the Gemara declares that you buy Is it sufficient to have one kezayis for the whole house? You need a separate kezayis for every person in the Erev who is relying, who is relying on the Erev. So if you have 10 people in your house, you need 10 kezayisim. So the Gemara says, Tashma, it doesn't make a difference if, it's, uh, if there are one person in the house, 100 people in the house. 
doesn't make a difference. One kazai suffices. So what did the Mishra say? If one ate the air of food or if it was lost on Yantiv, now you can't cook. In other words, at the time you want to prepare, the air of food had to be around, the Mishra said. If even a little bit is left over, so Mechlov the Shabbos, you could rely on to cook on Shabbos. So what does it mean, Kolshu, if any amount is left? My Kolshu, even though it doesn't have a Kazais. So it's against Rabbah, but the Mishnah's Mashmah, even a Kolshu is good. It says if anything is left over, you could cook. So the Gemara is asking why we said you need a kazayas. So the Gemara says, "Lo, days pay kazayas." When we said, "Is anything left over?" We mean there's at least a kazayas. That's not the point, you know. Kol shehu. It means compared to what you know, you had a whole matzah and a whole fish that was cooked for the year of tashilin, and now on Yontif there's only a little piece of the fish. Okay, that's still okay, but in Achanami it has to be a kazayas. So the Gemara Tashima. Tavshils that sleep. When we say cooked food for your tavshilin, it could be roasted. Afilukavish, it could be pickled. Shalak mavushal. Or cook, overcooked or cooked normally. So it's an interesting thing. It has to be cooked in some way. Otherwise, it can't be raw or salted. But it's an interesting thing. It sounds like pickling is works. Pickling works. Kavashariya Kamavashal works for Eir Tashilan. Nice Chiddush. So we say here, even if you know that Spanish mackerel, you might remember from Shabbos, that halacha. Can't pour a little water on on Shabbos because it's Kale Abishal. Cooks very easily. So if somebody did that to the Spanish mackerel, it's not a classic cooking. It just makes it fit for eating. So he poured some, splashed some hot water on it before Yantif. That's considered a, a cook thing. Anyways, that's good. And then the Brayzer says more. The beginning of the Erev and the end of the Erev has no shear. There's no set amount. So the Mar says, what does it mean it has no shear? My love ain't no shear cloud. has no shear. Her Baba is saying it very much has a shear. It has the shear of Kazayas. So how is the Brayzer saying it has no shear? So the Mar says, lo, ain't no shear lamal. It means it has no maximum. The minimum is that it has Kazayas. The novelty is that there's no maximum amount that's too much. Why in the world would we have thought that there might be a maximum? I don't even bother me. Like, the Bryson makes a chiddish, there's no shear. There's no maximum amount. We say, oh, too much for Erev Tavshilin. And a chanami, there's a minimum, like Rababa said. The Bryson was saying there's no maximum. At some point, you would say, oh, that's too big for the Erev Tavshilin. Well, what kind of, well, I don't even know what, what kind of chiddish that is. All right. Zog Tumara, Amar Ravun, Amar Rav, Erev Tavshilin, Surichem Das. Erev Tavshilin requires knowledge. What does that mean? That means, in general, I, if I want to make an error for you, the point is to use the recipient of the error have to be aware that somebody made the error for him. So it's going to work. There's a principle called Zachan Adam Shalobafana. What does Zachan Adam Shalobafana mean? That if I have something, I can make it somebody else's. I can give it over to somebody else through a third party, even though they're not aware of it. Why? Because we assume the third party will want it. I mean, who wouldn't want it? something new? You want money? Everybody wants money, right? So if I find something in the street, I can pick it up on behalf of somebody. If I own something, I can give it to a third party. He makes a Kenyan on behalf of a third recipient. So here, like that, I can make an Erev Tavshilin. I take my fish and I give it to my friend. I say, here, pick it up for so-and-so. And then this is an era for him. So that works. Or do, or do we say, no, it requires Das. So the Gemara starts off saying, you need Das. So who's Das? So Gemara Das means the one who's making the Erev, we need his Das. Meaning... You have to, the, the one who's acting and defining it as an ear of Tafshilin, he we need his das to be koveya, that it should be effective for the other person who's relying on it. Then we need the din of the das. We need the din of the das of the maimiach. But das means shikhulobi, you know, do we require the knowledge of the person that it was made for? Oh, lobi, you know, or do we not require? What's the question? That's the question here. Is there a din that, you know, we just assume automatically it works? Um, it's, it's going to work without without even having knowledge through zochin, or do we say no? There's a din that in order for the, for it to be for it to be there, it has to be um, has to be nikba on some level, has to be established on some level that it's that he knows about it, that it's for him. 
So the Gemara says, Tashma, Davud, Shmuel's father would make an heir for the whole city of Narda. So he's obviously transferring partial ownership to the other people. Right? It's not automatic. But he made it for the whole city. Rabbi 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 did it for the whole city of Tzvera, where they lived. And furthermore, Rabbi would make an announcement on Yantif. Whoever forgot to make an Erev, don't worry, you shouldn't worry about it. You can come and rely on me. Meaning, he set up an Erev Tavshila on behalf of everybody before Yantif. So what do we see? That even though these people clearly didn't know about it, they're making a grand Erev for everybody. But we still see that the Erev works. So then when we say that you need Das, presumably Rav Huna didn't mean the Das of the recipient. Rav Huna just meant you need the Das of the Miniach to be Kovea, to be Kovea that it is Erev Tavshilin for everybody. So the Gemara says, Vaad Kama, right? We're saying this big idea of a citywide Erev Tavshilin. It's again, it's not just it was done for the city. Let's be clear about this. The way it works is, is that he's giving, uh, he's giving it over for everybody in the city. And there, even though it's interesting, there's no Kazai, but that's what the Gemara said before. There's no such halacha that is required that way. Again, a novel point. So the Gemara says, It's right, to what distance? So the Gemara says, Whoever's in the Tchum Shabbos, meaning whoever theoretically could come to get to the food is allowed to rely on it. Because Chazal was so machmer, people are going to forget about Kavad Shabbos for the whole thing about Erev Tavshilin. But when they fix it, they're very mekel. So the rabbi of the town makes an Erev Tavshilin on behalf of the whole city. He's mezakeh for the whole city. And now so the guy from the outskirts of the city is good to go and cook from Yontav to Shabbos. He has no air of Tavshilin in his vicinity, right? Or he could walk to the rabbi's house. Like a, it's a funny muslik a little bit how lenient the rabbis were in fixing, this, in fixing the issue. Does he need to eat the air of Tavshilin? No, then you have to eat the air of Tavshilin. So if one person in the community makes it, everyone That's what the Gemara is saying. If one person did it correctly on behalf of everybody, meaning they're mezakeh on behalf of everybody in the town, even if one person forgot, he's fine. The whole din that if you forget your Erev the mindset now you can't cook is only when there was no citywide Erev Tavshilin. No, you don't need a for each person because based on the Gemara earlier. The Gemara said that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. The, he is sitting in his house. He has no clue and he's good. It's a funny Allah. We do it today. We don't do it. I do it every month. Every there was a blind man who used to be Masader, Bryce's in front of Shmuel. And Shmuel saw that the blind man was sad. Amalei Shmuel said, Amai Tzavis, why are you sad today? He said, I'm sad because I didn't make an Erev Tavshilin. So I can't cook for Shabbos. I'm very sad. So Shmuel said, don't, don't, hurt. don't be nervous. I made it a, a, a citywide thing. Rely on me. So the Gemara, Lashon Shmuel again saw the guy, the blind man is sad. Is sad. Why you sad? Again, I forgot. Look at this. Now you're a Pashea. Now that's it. This is the second time that it happens. One time is excusable. You could rely on me. Second time you're a Pashea. For everybody else that forgot, it's okay. They can rely on me. But for you, this time that you forgot, it's Aser. Very interesting. And this is the way we pass it. When a guy forgets the second time, it's Aser. It's like a stickle penalty. Even though the guy, the, the, the rabbi, again, was mezakeh for everybody. But the second time, you forgot. The post came to be an interesting issue. Is it only the second time in a row? Let's say in 2021, you forget once. Yes, yeah? so you're a lot of, I'm fine. You rely on the city wide here. Then, in 30 years later, you forget again. What's the din? Is it only the next year? And the nice was that it kept on happening. It was repeating the second year in a row. Interesting rate. That falls on Erev Shabbos. 
So when you can't designate something for Shabbos, right? So you can't make an Erev Tchumen, can't set up bread on the outskirts of the town to allow you to go on, on Shabbos for outside, and you can't make an Erev Chatzeros to be matter carrying in the courtyards, right? Those are, so there are two issues. You're not allowed to make something here on Yontif, make a Maizah, that's for Yontif, that's for Shabbos. So you can't make an Erev Tchumen that allows you to go further on Shabbos. Prepare that on Friday. And you can't make an Erev Chatzeros, prepare that for Shabbos that will allow you to carry in the courtyard. Rabbi Yomer, No, not true. You could make an Erev Chatzeros. Erev Tchumen is also, but not Erev Chatzeros. Why? What's the chilek between them? In both cases, you're doing something with preparing a heter for Shabbos. What's the difference if I'm preparing a Erev Tchumen to walk further or Erev Chatzeros to carry in the courtyard? You could ask for somebody to do something on Yontiv, which is right now also for him to do. Erev Tchumen is a concept which applies on Yontif. On Yontif also, you can't walk outside the Tchum. So it's also on Yontif to make the Hachana for Shabbos in something that I can't do on Yontif. But I can't ask for him to make a Shabbos preparation on Yontif in something which is permitted for him to do on Yontif. There's no Isra to carry on Yontif. So there's no Isra, no need to make an Erev Chatzeros on, on Yontif. So when I make the Erev Chatzeros on Yontif for Shabbos, that's not Asr. So what is the Svar? It's a very, very hard Svar at the end of the day. If you think about it, so because either way you're preparing for Shabbos, Tchumen applies on Yontif also. Chateros does it. Fine, I understand the point. But what am I doing now on Friday? I'm doing it for Shabbos. So what's the difference if I'm doing something which on Yontif is permitted or Yontif is not permitted? The issue is I'm doing it for Shabbos. So Acharim say Lom de Shavart. The Shaila is like, what's the effect of what you're doing? When you make an erev tchumen, the etzim is nikva as a shame erev tchumen even on yontif, because there is a mosik of erev tchumen on yontif. So you're making an erev tchumen on yontif for Shabbos. That's awesome. When you're kaveh an erev chateros on yontif, there's no shame erev chateros bechlau. It's it's only in effect even on the smallest level on Shabbos. So you didn't prepare anything. You didn't you weren't kaveh anything on Friday for Shabbos. It's only in effect on Shabbos. All very hard far. Which means that what? It's also to make erev chateros on yontif. Shmuel Amar Lachik Rebbe It's Mutter. So Zaktik Mara Ibayilu Halochus Lachik Rebbe Lekula Lachomer. If you pass me like Rebbe, is that a leniency or is that a shunishi? So the Gemara is like, huh? Rebbe was Mutter to do it. Obviously, Pshita the Lekula Kamer means that you lenient. You're allowed to make the air of Chatzeros. What kind of question is that? Zaktik Mara because there was another version. Mishum the Shalach Rav Lazer Lekula Lazer said to the Gola, Lok Shatim Shonim Bavav. It's not like the way you teach in Bavel. Rebbe Mutter Rachamor said that Rebbe is lenient to make the air of Chatzeros and the Chamer Marmachmer. Ella, the way you should teach it is Rebbe Oisir Rachamatim. Rebbe asks on the Chamer Marmachmer. So the question is, which way does it go? If we pass him like Rebbe, does that mean like the version that Rebbe is lenient or like the version that Rebbe is Machmer? So my so the Gemara says Tashmat Rav Tachli Rav Dimi Avad of the Kavas Edishmuel. He did like him. Vamarav Tchilas Aradai. He did like he did like um, Shmuel and Rav said upon it that the first thing that this young rabbi did is going to make a kilkel. So he, we know he did like Shmuel and Rav said that it's going to make a kilkel. It's going to make harm. So you ruled leniently that you're allowed to make an Erev Chatzeros. I know Kukula, that's the harm. Because people are going to make it and really they're not allowed to make it. So the harm is that this rabbi was too lenient. So we see that we paskin like Rabbi Lakula. But if Shmuel was saying stringently that we paskin like Rabbi Lakula that it's also to make Erev Chatzeros, my Kukula Ika, then what's the Kilkul? The whole point is this rabbi who ruled like Shmuel made harm. If he just was overly stringent, what's the harm? So he told people, don't make Erev Chatzeros. Okay, so what's fine? Maybe the 
halacha is you can, you maybe the halacha is you could. But what's the harm in telling people that they can't if they re- if they really could? What bad will come of that? So the Gemara explains, keep them kagubarabim because if you really could and you didn't, what's going to happen on Shabbos? People are going to carry when they shouldn't carry. So if you would have sat up and irchateros, everything would be fine. But since you didn't, because you were too machmir in the laws of yontif to, that it's us, and you said it was also to set up irchateros on. Yontif. So now people didn't do it, and now on Shabbos they're going to carry. So that's the kilkul. So we don't really have a proof which way Shmuel rules. Really, Allah is like Rebbe, and we go like the Chumrah, that is La'asar, and we come out that you're not allowed to make an ear of Chatzeros on Yontif, which is a Friday. So again, there were two, dis- two different versions here. If you're allowed to make an ear of Chatzeros on Friday, it was a ma- for Shabbos, Machlokas, Rebbe, and the Rabbanon. wasn't sure which way Rebbe was saying, Lakula, Lachumra. We passed like Rebbe, we didn't know which way. Back and forth on it, ultimately the Gemara comes out, that Allah is like Rebbe, and to be machmir not to make the ear of Chatzeros on a Friday, which is Yantif.